What's going on, everyone? This podcast is being sponsored by The Rise Up Project. For those of you that do not know about The Rise Up Project, it is a two-day all-women's mastermind event where we will help each student realize their own self-imposed limitations that may be holding them back in their life and or business. In this two-day mastermind event, each student will be faced with physical, mental, and emotional challenges to help build their mental toughness and grit. They will also learn business and leadership fundamentals from like-minded entrepreneurs and elite coaches to help take their business to the next level. Look, if you're ready to level up in all areas of your life, then hit the link in our description below and apply now. Trust me, you do not want to miss this life-changing experience that will rock your core. Welcome to Overnight Success U. At OSU, we are here to be the hub for those who operate on the edge and to build the best education platform for those longing for success, ultimately through proximity to mentors and masters of the 10,000 hour rule. As always, I'm Mark Forster, AKA Professor Doughboy, here to walk through the curriculum. Today in class, we have none other than the Jordan Stupar. If you don't know this man's story, he is now the CEO of a lead generation company. He has founded and owned multiple other companies that he has successfully since sold off. And he has started his humble beginnings in sales from not only the door to door, but through the dungeon with Grant Cardone himself. Great, great episode. Tune in, take out a notepad and really pay attention to these skills that he says and specifically the homework assignment at the end. What's going on guys? Mark Forster, AKA Professor Doughboy back in class again with Overnight Success University. And today, uh, we're actually very much welcomed by Jordan Stupar. Um, definitely going to dive into all things sales. You know, this guy's background um, from door knocking, inside sales, um, his development and his brand with sales domination system. Um, but now recently his uh, actual success of that exit with that company and transitioning into a new partner um, with his new business, Lead Revenue. So we're going to dive into a lot of different aspects today. Jordan, appreciate you being on, man. Yeah, man. Appreciate you having me on. Good morning to you. Thank you, man. Thank you. So, you know, looking at um, some of this background that, that you got working on, and I know it's kind of been a long road, you know, um, a lot of different areas that you dove into, uh, a lot of different things that you tried getting your hands involved in, but at the end of the day, the core really always has been sales for you, right? A hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. And what was the first inclination towards that? Like, was there something that kind of just gravitated you towards that? You know, honestly, not really. I, I tried to avoid it. Um, when I was in 
uh, my first two years of college before I dropped out, I was uh, kind of dabbling with sales. I was going door to door. And, um, and really, honestly, when I got my first sale, that's kind of like when the real like heroin got injected. You know, that's when I got addicted to it because um, right before becoming a full-time salesperson, I was working at Chili's and I was making like 40 bucks a day, like on a good day. And so um, when I made my very first sale, I made 225 bucks in like 20, 30 minutes. And I was, that's when it clicked for me and I was like, man, I just made a week's worth of, of uh, lunch shifts at Chili's in, in a half hour. I, I should probably get good at this. And so um, that's when everything kind of flickered. But the majority of my life kind of growing up like teenager years, um, so on and so forth, I, I really avoided sales because my, my father was a salesperson and I, I wanted nothing more to, you know, be my own guy. Right. Right. Yeah. And, um, it's, was that obviously like, not that it hindered you, but what kind of led you to wanting to, you know, even during downtimes, um, I, I know that when I was listening to some other things of you going on, you know, you would try to do some door sales just during summers, um, you know, outside of school and everything like that. Was that just, you know, at the end of the day, like, I don't really like sales, but I'm doing it because of money type of thing at first. Yeah. Like me, I, I didn't have, I got fired from most of my jobs as a teenager. So I didn't really have like a great track record or like a resume and school was never anything that I really wanted to get into because I just, I've always just been like too energetic or not focused enough to just sit in a classroom and then go to the library and do those things. And so, you know, without a college degree, um, you know, without a, a great resume or background of work, uh, not a lot of experience outside of, you know, serving a couple of tables, um, door-to-door sales was that thing where like, hey man, <laughs> come and give it a shot. Um, and so when I got into sales, I never really looked at it. It took me probably eight, eight or nine years as a salesperson to really understand that I was like having a career in sales. I always looked at it as, um, a means to a different end. Like I'm going to, I'm going to make a couple sales because I need X amount of dollars to buy some guitar equipment, or I need to like make a car payment. So I guess I'll go work today. Um, I never really took the perspective of if I get really good at this, I could go sell medical devices for the next 20 years and make money, or I could go uh, do sales training, or I could start a company or anything. I never really looked at it as a means to a bigger end. I was always focused on okay, I have a cell phone bill coming up. I should probably go, you know, mm -hmm. sell something. So yeah. um, I would say that was, you know, one of my biggest mistakes like early on is I never really looked at sales or the skill development of sales as a, uh, as a means to, dude, you could start a company if you know how to sell, you know, I didn't look at it that way. Yeah, 100%. And it, I started, um, I started out door knocking as well, uh, outside sales when I first started in um, the merchant service industry. And you know, was it because I think for myself, it's it, it's very much mindset driven. I'm not sure if I can speak on you about that. But do you think that when your mind shifted to, you know, not that sales was an ugly term, but like, did you kind of go out day to day thinking that in the back of your mind, like maybe people are still looking down on me. So I don't know where sales is actually going to take me. So maybe all I'm focused on are the two feet around me and you know, the money I got to make now. Totally. Like me, me and me and my friends, like when we were door knocking, 
I mean, we would just we would just have we would just have as much fun as we possibly could because sales is not easy. It's pretty stressful, high anxiety. I'm meeting strangers. I'm getting rejected, and like we would just go out at night and like we're salespeople, you know, like that gives us an excuse to party or drink too much or you know, like it just it ended up actually getting me into some bad habits being so colloquial about being a salesperson and then. So that's at night. That's how you feel about yourself. Like, oh, I'm a sales guy. I'm going to party my ass off or whatever. And then during the day, you're a salesperson and you're not very proud of it because nobody really wants to talk to a salesperson or open their door for that, you know, white boy sitting on their porch. And so, um, yeah, there, there was kind of some like weird connotations with being a salesperson right off the bat, you know? For sure. For sure. And that's, that was my first thing because I came from managing a fitness facility to now, you know, next week I'm door knocking and I have no idea what I'm doing. Um, and very, very <laughs> much uncomfortable, you know, obviously very uncomfortable, but uh-huh. um, that's actually when I actually started diving into trying to better myself, right? Getting into better habits, getting into better routines. Um, and that's when I really started locking in on some of Grant Cardone's stuff. Um, I was listening to some other books and some other people too, um, you know, motivational type of stuff. Um, and I know that you had, uh, I don't know how long, but I know that there was some experience with Cardone for you. Was that more of a pivotal moment where you really kind of like that mindset, uh, mindset shifted and really elevated the game there oh yeah Yeah. so that was yeah that was 2013 that I had moved down to Miami to work for Grant and um and I can I can tell you and I've thought about this a lot is there was right before I moved to Miami I woke up in New York City one day and I was just like hella hungover head was pounding I was living alone I didn't have any friends I'm like literally spending more money than I can possibly make in New York City I'm living off of 40k a year in New York City. Like, if you know about New York City, doesn't add up. It doesn't add up. Right. You're you're in poverty. So, I was just like, the thought crossed my mind. Okay, Jordan, like you can sell your Xbox, and you know that'll, you know, maybe you can work at night or whatever. And I was like, dude, I, I don't need to just sell my Xbox. I need to change everything in my life. And so that's when I kind of saw that tweet from Grant, like, hey, try out for this reality TV show type thing. And so I flew down to Miami, won that little reality TV show. Um, two weeks later, drove, you know, 27 hours straight from New York City to Miami. And I, I'm, I'm taking the, the long route to answer your question, um, was, was working for Grant a pivotal moment in my life? And the pivotal moment, the decision to become successful and the decision that I made um, to just change everything would have probably influenced the same level of success probably anywhere else that I would have gone whether it had been a car dealership, maybe I would have done, you know, whatever. Um, I probably would have experienced the same level of success because the pivotal moment was right before I had gotten there. Now, obviously, um, you know, the the thing I get asked the most is, you know, what, what is your biggest takeaway uh, or thing that you learned while working for Grant? And I would just say it was discipline. Um, My whole life, I've been pretty kind of talented at at sales, but I never really worked that hard. I never really showed up every single day. I didn't really develop the discipline that was necessary to really accumulate, uh, you know, the level of success that I ex- experienced. So, um, if there was any big takeaway from working for Grant, it would be just the discipline and just the work ethic. This has to be a daily thing. Yeah, yeah, and you know, I do agree with you too, um, one hundred percent, because 
you know, it, it's almost like you literally burn the ships. So I can absolutely see your, your perspective where, Hey, I could have went all in and, and moved to any other part of the country with any other person to work for. And it still would have been that same level of hundred percent. I'm here. I need to make this work. hundred um, So, and, and, you know, again, the, the level of work ethic that you obviously had to do at Cardone's office um, because, you know, he's all over social. We see what the guys are doing, you know, and I know it's a tough, it's a tough place to be in, right? It's, it's like a boiler room type of effect. So yeah. I wanted to really actually ask you and would really love to just hear about, you know, examples or just really your mindset, because really here it's about, okay, how can our listeners, you know, whether they just start off, whether they're trying to move to this next level, like, I just wanted to hear more about that 17 month period where you had to start from nothing. And then all of a sudden, on 17 months is kind of when this whole like, quote unquote, overnight success started to happen for you, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So, and I appreciate you knowing enough about my story to, to actually quote, you know, the 17 months. So I, I can appreciate that. Um, yeah. So, I mean, I moved down to Miami. Um, it's, it's full commission, right? Like I think there was a 90 day or three month thing where I, I was able to take a recoverable draw. And um, I didn't know what the product was. We didn't really even have a CR. We didn't really have anything. Like literally, I, I go to Grant's office. It was basically a startup at the time. Like, there yeah, was, what year was that? That was literally um, October 2013. Okay. So like, did he just get to Miami then? Yeah, this was like yeah, uh, maybe yeah. six months after he had gotten there. Like, yeah. this is this is startup for, right, for right. Cardone. Like, yeah. he wasn't a, this big name yet, and so. Right. Um, we had the automotive industry where he had that name. And so that's where we called off. But literally I sat down and they're like, Hey man, eat what you kill. We hope that you make it like, um, and so they gave me a computer. They gave me a desk phone, a notepad and a pen. And they were just like, sell. And I'm like, okay, like who's our market? Like, who am I calling on? They're like, okay, dude, go to Google type in car dealerships, uh, Austin, Texas, go to the map feature, find all the you know things, go to the car dealer's website, click on meet the staff, find the general manager, write it down on a sheet of paper, and then just do that like 75 times a day while you're actually making, you know, calls. And so I, you know, I was like, okay, like, I guess I'm going to do that. And so I realized like that day, like, dude, I don't know about this whole thing, but I'm going to, I'm going to do my best uh, job right now to just make it. Cause I have an eight month lease and I have three months of, of income that like, so I, I need to make this work. I need to make it work quick. And so for 17 months, the first three months, um, I'm just trying to get my bearings. I'm just trying to fill up a pipeline. I'm just trying to like get anybody on the phone. Calling car dealers is, you know, it's probably one of the hardest uh, sales jobs out there. And then selling sales training to a car dealer um, mm. is, is even harder. And so the first three months, I'm just making a bunch of phone calls. I'm just trying to do my thing. And then um, I started getting a little bit of traction out in Alaska. Cause like literally I would be the first one in at 7 a.m. Um, I, I asked uh, the COO for a key so I could just get in the office early. And I'm literally Friday night, Miami beach, looking at the ocean, looking at all the girls walking down the street. And I'm sitting in an office calling on Alaska. And so 
Alaska gave me some momentum. My first like couple of deals that helped me like literally like stay alive um, came from Alaska. And then from there, you know, I started just kind of working this, this larger group and, you know, some more deals came in. And then that, for that whole 17 months, like I didn't really make a lot of money. I made a, a bajillion phone calls and I was corrected on a daily basis of like, hey, don't say the word bajillion because it's colloquial. It's informal. You have to say, yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. And so it was just like this whole, um, this whole just like discipline thing where like, I'm not used to working seven days a week. I'm not used to working from 7 a.m. till 11 p.m. going home, getting a couple winks and then doing it all over again every single day for 17 months. And I also realized at the same time that girls were a distraction for me. So I'm like, okay, no Tinder dates, no text messages, no flirting, no kisses, no, no nothing. Like there's gonna be nothing but Jordan and a phone like sitting there until I have, you know, 40K in my bank account. And by the way, I'd never seen what 40K could even look like. So it's like, you're just reaching for the stars and hoping for the best. And for 17 months, I executed. And for 17 months, I sacrificed. And for 17 months, like I, I, I cried and like just bitched and moaned every night when I got home and ate my cold pasta and did the damn thing. And then literally, I remember the date and I remember the time. It was 8.30 a.m. on February 4th, 2015. I had a uh, quarterly quota, I think, of, uh, of $300,000. And um, I was a little bit off track or whatever, but I ended up picking up the phone, cold calling this person, getting him in front of a computer, and selling a $108,000 contract in a half hour. That's where I made, I don't know, $17,000, $18,000 in commission. And like, that's when it clicked because yeah. the night before I took a legal sheet of paper and I wrote down just a ton of questions that I could ask at any given time in the, you know, throughout the, the, the pitch. And so, you know, if I got lost or like I got tongue tied or I just didn't really know what to do, like, oh, um, you know, how many salespeople do you have or whatever that would be. And I just, I had that sheet of paper out and I was just using some of these questions and I just had such a better conversation with this person. Um, and uh, I ended up doing that deal. And that's when, that's when things really clicked for me. And I was like, okay, this is, this is working. And um, from there, you know, I went from making 5k a month to 10k to 20k to 30 to 40 to 50, uh, just really consistently. And then closing a big deal with Sprint. And um, yeah. it was just, yeah, it was, it was incredible. How many times did you say, dude, I'm quitting? <laughs> oh, dude, every day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There wasn't a single day working at Cardone's office, at least for the first like 17 months that I, I didn't leave the office saying, dude, this, this is the last time I'm locking these doors. I'm never coming back. Right, right. That's funny, man. And like, you know, I applaud really anybody that does that type of stuff because that's like something that I think it's just a whole nother level. People see certain things on Instagram and people see really just certain things on social media. Um, but they do not see, you know, 98% of the rest of the stuff. And it's just so very clear the the people that are really starting to get their leverage and, and starting to build this momentum, they have been going at it for such a long period of time that, aren't shown on the stories and aren't shown on the highlights. Um, so I'm glad that we were able to really dive into that uh, because the sacrifice needs to be made for people that are really trying to hit this level uh, that they think they can get to, you know, and Absolutely. I wanted to ask because um, 
it does. I think a lot of people just, maybe it's their own selves, but what do you think is, you know, one of the one things that's killing salespeople from not executing or not showing up or not getting to the next level? You know, I see, I would have answered this a little bit differently, probably, you know, two years ago um, before becoming a business owner and like actually having a sales team and literally watching people do their thing. I think there's actually a couple of things that I can identify that really hang people, hang salespeople up. And I think the first thing is just being completely obsessed with wanting to know everything about what it is that they're selling. So, you know, I, I, a couple of years ago, I ended up uh, doing a little bit of consulting with a good friend of mine, Brian Hess, who owns a uh, pavement and asphalt company out in Pittsburgh. And, um, you know, he's like, Hey man, you know, I need a little help getting in front of some of the bigger accounts. If I gave you a list of people to dial on, you know, could you do it? And I'm like, yeah, I got that. And I'm like, uh, and even I found myself doing this whole, like, I, I, dude, I don't know the difference between concrete and asphalt. Like, what do I even say? And he's like, dude, it does not matter. Just pick up the phone, use those sales skills that you do have and just, just schedule appointments. And so I say the same thing to my team. I'm like, dude, you don't need to know every in and out, like how all the details about how something was built or designed or coded, or you don't need to know everything um, in order to do a good job of getting in front of somebody and communicating with them. So I would say that's one of the mistakes that I see is that people really don't think that they're prepared from a product standpoint, when really the problem is, is that they're really not prepared from a, a skill standpoint of being able to just communicate really effectively what it is that they're trying to accomplish. And so I feel like people get, uh, you know, really timid on a phone call, the ands, the ums, the word feel, uh, fillers, and they just do a, a bad job of really delivering what it is that they want to do. Do you want to schedule an appointment, close a deal? What are you trying to actually get this person to do? And then the other thing that I would say that I don't see uh, salespeople doing uh, well enough that's kind of holding them back is as doing it all. Um, I know people that are like, yeah, man, I made 400 phone calls today. And I'm like, that's cool. And then I know people that are like, I hate phone calls. I'm going to send out 400 emails. And I'm like, okay, that's cool. And then there's people that are like, oh yeah, I don't make phone calls or send emails. I'm just a LinkedIn guy. I'm just going to message everybody and just kind of get some people in or whatever. And I'm like, no, man, that like you're missing the boat because you, in today's world, you can cover people up. So why not give them a phone call? Why not send them an email? Why not tweet at them, Instagram them, Facebook them? LinkedIn them and just literally cover somebody up with, with real value. And that brings me to my highest level thing of what I think is holding salespeople back is they do not want to put in that extra couple of minutes um, that it's going to take to really personalize that outreach to the person that they're trying to reach out to. I literally yesterday spent to a uh, to a potential prospect with their logo on it with you know titles and all this stuff and I sent it out now I'm crossing my fingers that you know the person sees it and they're like oh damn dude this is brand new like I got to give this guy, guy a call back but at the end of the day I just think that salespeople are missing the boat by not taking that extra couple of minutes or that go by going the extra mile to really over personalize their delivery of communication to the prospect I love that. I absolutely love that. Cause I think like when I first started, that was something that I can absolutely resonate with. My whole thing was, all right, I'm an outside guy. I'm an outside road guy. I'm only going to knock on doors. Right. I didn't pick up a phone. I didn't email anybody. It was just like, you know, if I'm going to get a deal, it's because we're outside and you know, whatever. 
Um, and then it, it really took me, okay, year two. Now I'm finally doing the emails and doing this other stuff. Okay, year three. Now I'm actually picking up a phone. Oh, Jesus, what is that? So it is really like all these different areas. They're there. They're tools. You need yep. to use them. So I'm, I'm really glad that you touched on that um, just because I, I do. It's just like people are so foreign and against these other avenues thinking one way is the only way. Right. And, and there's really the, the more ways that you know how to slice bread, the more ways you know how to slice bread. Yeah. Just, I just, I think that it should be like the, that, that should be preschool for a salesperson so that you can, so that you can develop, uh, you know, the, the, the benefits of, of what, what happens when you do a year in the door, like, like your fear of rejection is basically gone. Like you're like, yep. whatever <laughs> you're going to, and then you pick up the phones and so on and so forth. And you understand you're going to get hung up on. And you know, I, I just think it, it should be something that everybody does. Yeah. I love that. And I was actually going to ask a, a question um, and it might even relate to that. I think it's very, very big right now where, you know, entrepreneurs and, and other people, um, even just coming out of college, you know, this big, big mantra of like, find your why and your passion and all this type of stuff. Um, I really wanted to get your thoughts on what do you think of, you know, mastery over passion where, you know, you, you're not going to be, I don't think Michael Jordan was very passionate about basketball when he didn't really know how to dribble it. Like he had to put in the time to then understand that, dude, I'm the best in the game. Of course, I'm going to be passionate about it. So like, do you think that people necessarily just know what their passion is? Or is it again, putting in reps to figure out what works and what doesn't? I, I love that you're touching on this uh, concept because I don't think it's talked about at all. Um, I absolutely come from the, the, the perspective that passion is something that you develop. Um, and I, I can literally use it in multiple examples in my life. I didn't, wasn't passionate about soccer when I was growing up. That was my, my sport. Um, I was pretty damn good at it. And I never really loved it or like fell in love with it until I understood what I was actually doing. And I could, I was uh, unconsciously competent at doing it. I don't have to think about where to be on the field. Yeah. I don't have to think about, oh, I have to kick it a certain way. Like, dude, I'm going to put the ball over there and it's going to go over there. That's what's going to happen. Same thing with guitar. Um, I bought a guitar when I was in high school because I saw some other dudes impressing some girls and I was like, okay, man, I want in on this game. Um, and then I ended up like kind of learning some chords and like I was able to, you know, do some stuff and I was like, damn, dude, this is dope. So I became passionate about writing music and playing guitar and everything. And then same thing with sales. I wasn't passionate about sales. I could give a, a rat's ass about sales when I started. But when I started getting good at it and I was becoming unconsciously competent, it became enjoyable because it's like, dude, like time stops for me when I'm like in the deal, when I'm in a sales pitch, like nothing else really matters. And so those types of things are, are really developed. And I don't think you can, you know, it, for any younger folks out there, or even, you know, if you're 20, 30, 40, and you're like, oh, I don't know what my passion is, you got to go out and do something until yeah. you're good at it enough where it can become uh, something that you love to do because it's not stressful. You're not thinking about it. Right. Yeah, exactly. Like six years ago, when I first started doing merchant services, I wasn't like 
oh, can't wait to go pitch Visa and MasterCard today. Like that. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. that's not my deal. Now <laughs> right. you, you, you get better at it and you're able to attach something else to why you do it. So I'm glad that you're able to, or you do think along those lines. Um, Absolutely. Just a lot more people need to hear that. Um, Absolutely. And, and I do want to pivot. So went through sales domination system, you know, developed the CRM that, that you really felt was an area you could solve, which again, I think it's a problem because I can't stand the things like I have a difficult time with them. Um, yeah. but, but now lead revenue really just dive into it for us. Um, what's it all about? It's really, you know, obviously tools, systems to increase leads, increase conversions. Um, are there different product suites to it? Like this wow armor, uh, live replay, like what's it all about? Yeah. So, um, what lead revenue is, is it is a collection of uh, turnkey business solutions and products that um, are all aimed and directed at increasing leads, increasing opportunities within a business, um, more often using the traffic and the attention that they're already getting. So we do have some social media products like marketing where we can actually advertise, um, you know, do paid promotions campaigns. Um, but the things that I'm actually most excited about what our company is doing is um, you know, live reply, for instance, it's, it's this, you know, you've seen chat bots, you've seen, you know, some of these things on people's websites or whatever. Live reply is, is us based trained in-house agents here in America that are 24 hours a day on your website, Google, my business, text message, Facebook messenger. Um, and you know, at the end of the day, like the, the results that we're, we're seeing from companies that uh, put it on their website that are getting just even moderate or decent traffic are just staggering because <laughs> we're human beings on the web and we have no human beings to talk to. You know, right. it's like, it'd be like owning a retail store and not having any employees there to answer questions. Like, <laughs> so um, that's one of the products I'm most excited about just because it's so easy and it works so well. Um, but we do uh, social media where we're happy to post for you. We can uh, edit your video content for you. We can do advertising for you on social media, so on and so forth. And we have wow, um, where we're able to make even just small adjustments to your website to optimize uh, conversion. Uh, we can build a website for you. We can host a website. So just about everything with your website. And then um, armor is, uh, is actually less of a lead generation tool. It's actually something born out of necessity. Um, it's an ADA accessible uh, toolkit that you put on your website that um, one helps the business avoid ADA Title III lawsuits, and in turn also by providing uh, any disabled users on their website uh, instant accessibility to all the content on their website. So um, those are the four things we've got right now. We're about to launch reputation management software that's going to be ridiculous. That's legit. So, that's legit. Yeah. yeah. That's so awesome. couldn't be more uh, excited about the products that we've built and uh, and people are eating them up because they're yeah. just, they're just easy to use. And, uh, and they, they actually make a difference. Yeah. Did that come out of, again, a problem in the industry that you were looking to solve? Because I, uh, <laughs> I saw one of these posts, man, and it made me laugh so hard. Um, you had a post on, on the lead revenue um, page for your Instagram. And it said, it's like having a social media department, but without hiring millennials. And I lost it because <laughs> the number of 20, you know, 19 year old, 20 year old kids that are doing these agencies and, and all this stuff, it just, yeah. uh, you know, another one pops up every day. 
every i mean literally it's like the what it's not medusa but the the you know the whatever yeah. it is where you chop i got you another yep. one just, yep. i mean literally dude that that is what i see out there and uh, yeah for the most part i mean there's there's very reputable you know small and medium businesses that literally I mean, they're relying on, you know, a 19, a 20 year old that doesn't really have a whole lot of business experience, doesn't even necessarily have a lot of marketing experience, um, you know, spending their money on, on ads and stuff. And it's just, um, you know, I wanted to uh, assemble a group of experts that actually, you know, have 10 years of history in social media advertising and, and partner with them on some of these social media products. And then, um, you know, I've never, I've never run an ad campaign for me or my brand or anybody. Um, and so I, I'm just a really organic content rich uh, person. And so I, I think if we can go into a business um, and we can say, hey, here's the real content, here's the real message, and here's you know the brand that you really wanna push as a business, I think then once you get that content right, obviously you're growing organically, but you also now have the opportunity to really put some money behind some good, decent content that actually has a message that's crystal clear. And so I think if you're able to look at both sides of that rather than just, hey, let's throw a photo of a squirrel on, on Facebook and say, you know, whatever about a squirrel, yeah. you know, feeling squirrely today or whatever. Um, I just feel like a lot of people are spinning their wheels when they shouldn't be. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, the more and more people that <laughs> I know that work with these guys, um, you know, I think, and I don't know if you've dealt with it, which I'm sure at some point you're going to, oh, sure. the, the, the biggest thing is, you know, that one complaint, it's like, I got burnt before. Yep. You know? So I know that this stuff uh, is definitely needed. Um, and I'm, I'm, I'm liking, and really it's, it's very interesting to me that you're doing a, a human concept instead of like robots, you know, it, it's kind of cool where, when you, um, talked upon that live replay that was very interesting uh so i'm yeah. sure you're going to keep developing that and keep developing that but really what i'm loving out of this whole conversation and what the listeners um i hope are getting out of this is you started door knocking between semesters at school got fired from a bunch of jobs inside sales at cardone um i'm sure some other inside sales or, or other door knocking before cardone you yep. did this, you did sales domination. You successfully exited that. Now you're at lead revenue. Yep. Entrepreneurship. You, you said entrepreneurship is failing to success. And literally that criteria, that resume is the definition of that. But could you talk about that for the listeners and, you know, just even a high level overview of like really just what that's all about? Yeah. <clears throat> um, it's not, it's not something that's easy. And I, I, you know, I totally, um, it's cliche for me because I've heard Gary V say it a million times, but for anybody that maybe hasn't listened to that or whatever, um, it, it is super cliche these days for a lot of people to be like, yeah, I'm an entrepreneur. Um, yeah. Like, you know, laptop lifestyle, you know, I'm out here in Bali, you know, just living my best life. And I think that that's cool and all if you know that's kind of your end goal and that's something that you want to do and you can actually pull that off but at the end of the day entrepreneurship um business ownership it is it is it is definitely something that you have to have in your veins to tolerate because sales domination system um yes i post on social a lot of entertaining sides of it and um you know growing that business was literally the heart the the hardest thing i've ever done in my entire life 
um, even with an existing network of uh, business contacts, um, an existing audience on social media, um, it was just, it, it's extremely difficult to, to build something like that. It's extremely difficult to scale something like that. Um, and, and also just learn that industry at the exact same time. So um, when you're saying failing your way to success, that, that is absolutely the definition of entrepreneurship because I can tell you for a fact, there was not one single day that I woke up uh, throughout the, the span of sales domination system where I was like, dude, I can't wait to get into work today and like everything is structured and I know what I'm going to do today and I know what problems I might have to overcome. Like every single day is just waking up and you're just getting bitch slapped every single day for multiple times a day. And everything that you learn is you have to be reactionary. I can't be proactive because I don't even know what to look for. Um, and so there's, there's just levels to this whole business and entrepreneurship thing. And if I had to learn one thing, it's that being a great salesperson is good if you're starting a business, but you should also <laughs> learn about business because they are two completely different things. And then, you know, accounting and, and, and hiring and managing people and setting policies and procedures and all of this stuff. Yeah. Um, it's just, it's, it's incredible that you, like, you know, you just look at larger companies and you're like, damn, like, damn, that's inspiring. Like, damn, that was started from scratch somewhere, you know, and people built it, you know, it's just right. amazing. Right. And it's just like, just a tremendous amount of things that just aren't taught in schools, you know? Oh my um, God. Yeah. Because that's one of the big things that I'm, I'm starting to understand. Uh, it's like, oh, what the hell are taxes? You know, like looking at all <laughs> yeah. that shit. And it's just like, wow. You know, and I think also, um, you mentioned literally a lot about sales, you know, the, the standard operating procedures, like all of that, but how big has really like just being one with yourself been and, and that mindset, like how big has that been in terms of where you're at right now? Yeah, I, I honestly haven't even unpacked the full answer for that, but if I could um, give you what I have learned about um, about being oneself and kind of just accepting all that is I think it's helped me immensely. Um, I, I don't ever look at competitors. I don't really look at what other people are doing. I, which can probably also be equally a flaw. I mean, I could just as easily probably go out and find some approaches or methods that have worked at scale somewhere else and just kind of, you know, copy it or whatever. But like, I've always just really been obsessed about just kind of figuring out things the hard way, the long way, and just kind of, you know, taking my lumps along with it. And so I'm, I, I accept that about myself and I can see it being a superpower. I can also see it being a flaw. Um, and so, you know, I, I learned a lot about myself through, you know, entrepreneurship, through sales, through everything that I've gotten um, to this point where like, I know what to look out for. Like, I, I love making quick decisions. I love spending some money. I like trying new things. I like just getting things done. Um, and my mom calls me impetuous. This is like a super, um, super human um, trait of mine where like, I can just go out and get things done. I don't need time to think about it. I don't need research. I'm just going to go out and get, I'm just going to go do this. But at the exact same time, I, I've developed enough awareness around that where I know that that can really hurt me too, because dude, you didn't think about making this decision. Now it's, it's affected you negatively. And so, um, being one with oneself and just, just like, dude, I'm not trying to be anybody else. I'm not trying to, 
I'm not trying to compare myself to, to anybody. Like, yeah, like I get the same way. Like when I see a guy drive, driving a Lamborghini and like, you know, whatever, or somebody living in a $12 million house, like, yeah, dude, like I get jealous. I want to be there. I want to do that. But I don't compare myself to that person to the point where it's like, oh, well, shit, I'm never going to make it. I think I'm just going to give up. Dude, I don't care if, if, if I finally become uh, as successful as I would like by 96 and then I die at 97, dude, I had a fulfilled life. I, I did my deal and it just took me 96 years to complete what I wanted to do. And so um, I, I'm cool with that and I'm, and I'm, I'm, you know, patient, but at the end of the day, like, dude, you just, you just got to know that it's going to take time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I'm glad you hit on, a, you hit on a lot. You hit on a lot that I think a lot of people can just take some stuff from, can sit on, can really reflect on because I'm the same type of way. It's like, I compare myself to so many people and you know, Mark, take a step back. You're reading chapter two. They're on chapter 10. Like, don't, exactly. freak out, dude. you know, don't freak yeah. out. You can get there. And uh, you know, you just don't let that discouragement come. But like at the same time, I'm loving the fact that you're talking about speed, man, speed is power, you know, and, and yep. you got to be fast with your decisions. And also at the same time, you have to be extremely patient. It's definitely a dichotomy, but you got to make it work. So I really yep. appreciate you kind of tying all of that together in the mindset piece for sure. Appreciate um, it, before I let you go, I have one question that I'd like to ask as we are in the classroom, right? Let's get it. If you could tell some of these guys and any of the listeners right now, if you could give them one homework assignment to really start working on, whether it is skill-based, mindset-based, uh, you know, a practicality thing, what would that homework assignment be for any of these entrepreneurs over this next week to, to really go out and, and tackle? My homework assignment for your audience that are trying to level up in life is truly, truly, truly look at your own values and identify your own goals. So many people, so many people have somebody else's goals. They talk about other people's goals because they haven't really dove into themselves to look at what they want or need. And there's way too many people out there um, that are, um, you know, that just like, don't really truly understand. This is what I want. This is for me. It's not for you. It's not because I think any, you know, uh, anything for you. And it wasn't really until I, I like really sat down. And I was like, okay, I'm truly going to look at what I want in my life. This is what I want. Again, this is a legal pad and a pen. You're sitting down. You're just, just write down what do you want? It might not be a Lamborghini or an exotic car. Maybe you want a Toyota Prius for the rest of your life because, uh, you know, whatever fuel mileage and, and going on vacation is more important to you. And that's fucking dope. You know, you don't need to be like everybody else. You don't need to be Ty Lopez with the garage full of cars, a bunch of girls and a big house out in LA. I don't want that. Like, that's not for me. If Ty called me today and was like, Hey Jordan, I'm going to donate it all to you. Come live my lifestyle. I'd say, go fuck yourself because it's not what I want. And so at the end of the day, there's so many entrepreneurs, so many salespeople, so many people out there that are trying to like idealize other people's lifestyles. And they're like, yeah, man, you know, if I had that, you know, I'd be happy. No, here's what 
the assignment is for everybody is you guys have to identify your, um, you know, your be, do, have. If you want the nice house, then be the person that has a nice house. Clean your fuck room. Do your dishes. Take care of your house. Because I guarantee you, if you were living in the big house, it's going to be clean and squeaky and dust free and your clothes are going to be made and your bed's going to be made because that's what successful people do. So be a successful person. Do what that person with the big house would do, like clean their room. And then you can have a better house. And if, you know, you want the, the Porsche, Lamborghini, whatever, be the person that would drive a Lamborghini or a Porsche. Do the things that that person would do, like show up to work every single day, take a couple of risks, read a couple of books, and then you can have a Lamborghini or a Porsche. And so identify truly what it is that you want and then understand that you have to be the person that has that stuff and then do the stuff that that person would actually do so that you can have what you want to have. And that would be my biggest homework assignment. And it's going to be tough on a lot of you guys because it's, it's literally recircuiting and rewiring the way that your brain thinks about happiness. Dude, if I was the real Bradley and I had rights to the the fucking dropping the bombs and shit dude I, I would do it right now i gotta i gotta come up with my own or something but that's that that's awesome be do have and you're right uh because it took me a long time i'm still in the process of rewiring my brain like thinking yeah. differently and it is the if if there is one obstacle for people trying to level up or make more money or whatever it is it is for the most part, it might not be your activity and it might be what's going on inside your own head. So take everything that Jordan just said and take that to heart. And if it takes more than a week, you make that happen. Whatever it takes, take that notebook out, make that happen and really reflect on what he's talking about. Jordan, where are we able to uh, follow you um, all over social? What, what do we, uh, what's the most popular ones you got? I'm, I'm all over the place and uh, very accessible. Um, you know, Instagram is, is a, a really good one for me. I DM everybody back. So if you have a question, want to say hi, whatever. Uh, at Jordan Stupar. Uh, Facebook, same thing. At Jordan Stupar. YouTube, at Jordan Stupar. LinkedIn, at Jordan Stupar. So anywhere you guys go on social, at Jordan Stupar. And um, I'm super accessible. If you have a question, um, you know, or there's anything that I can do to provide your listeners uh, with value, please uh, feel free to reach out. I'm, I'm always down to connect with other people, answer questions, and, and just be valuable to other people before I die. Jordan, I love that. Thank you so much for today. Thank you for coming into the classroom with us. Guys, do yourselves a favor. Go down to the show notes. Look up any of those places that you feel that you are most you know, on, Instagram, LinkedIn, whatever it might be reach out to them, take advantage of it. Do yourselves a favor, stay connected with them, really dive into that homework assignment that he ended off on. And until next week, class dismissed. Thanks for listening to Overnight Success You with Mark Forster, aka Professor Doughboy. If you like our show, go ahead, leave us a review on iTunes. And be sure to follow me on Instagram at the Mark Forster for daily content and insight into the day-to-day journey. There, you can also find resources I've provided for access to the OSU community 
along with the opportunity to schedule time on my calendar to talk further and go more in depth as to what challenges you're facing in business and life. Until next week, class dismissed.